0: Thank you for joining us. The Dacus Report is on the air to defend your religious freedom, your parental rights, and other civil liberties. And now with the latest information is your host, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute,
1: Brad Dacus.
0: Welcome to the Dacus Report, thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, On today's show, uh, we're gonna talk about a lot that's going on around across the country in different states, uh, impacting religious freedom, the rights of parents, uh, to help me do that, and help me to cover other uh, case stories. We have with us here uh, one of, uh, someone who I highly value, John Campbell, who heads up the uh, mission uh, outreach office for the Pacific Justice Institute. And I, I greatly appreciate uh, you being here with us, John, and uh, and your ability to uh,
1: to give us some input. You used to be a pastor one time. I did pastor churches uh, uh, primarily here in California, and had a chance to to see God move in, in different communities and it what a pleasure it is to be here and to kind of talk through some of the things that are impacting religious freedom and parental rights a lot a lot of kid uh friendly good and bad things that, to talk about today
0: yeah and I, I greatly appreciate the work that you do uh, to uh, relate to uh to to churches to groups mm-hmm. uh to entities to help uh you know arrange for uh, outreach to to different communities right. for advisory board meetings, for our new offices across the United States. That's right. How many offices do we have now across across the country?
1: So we're in 17 states, and we've got about 22 offices uh, across those. So we got multiple here in California, Northern, Southern California. But yeah, impacting. I mean, we're nationwide, coast to coast. Uh, really stepping up to defend churches, parents, Christian business leaders, uh, and the unborn.
0: Yeah. And I know we have two offices in New York, uh, yes. upstate New York and uh, and uh, downstate or whatever they call oh, yeah. it. <laughs> in the city. Yeah, yeah in the city. So. And, a,
1: and across the the Hudson there in uh, in New Jersey. Oh, that's true.
0: That's true. Yeah. So we've got them all over the country. That's right. And I know you're working hard to uh, to help those offices connect to their communities right. so we can serve everyone. I know one of our hallmarks is to make sure that everyone gets help. That's right. And uh, you're doing a great job to help with those connecting uh, connections to make sure that we're we're serving all these communities at uh, ground level across the country. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of New York, uh, I understand that uh, our attorney there, we just brought on, uh, yeah. you know, April, it she's uh, actually taking on uh, a hospital, Hudson Valley Hospital in New York. What's going on? Why, why she filed this lawsuit in federal court against this hospital?
1: Yeah, well, an employee of the hospital, Cindy Broas, who worked from home and opted you know, under her own personal decisions not to get the COVID vaccine. Why'd she not want the COVID vaccine? Well, as we know that there's multiple reasons why someone wouldn't want to get but that. it's religious reasons, It's religious right? reasons is yeah. a big part of that, that is stand up and say, you know, standing up for my faith and say, I've I've decided that this isn't something that I want to put in my body and the way I read scripture. Uh, yeah, this is an important thing to me in my faith.
0: Yeah, I know. And I know people like her, uh, you know, they really seek the Lord. And some people yeah. will say, well, you know, I I don't agree with you know scripture. I don't think scripture talks about this or mm-hmm. and I tell people I say well, if Christianity is just a contract with God that you enter into one day and uh, and you just simply look at what you're technically not supposed to do or do. Right. I get that. But if people look at Christianity as a personal relationship with the Lord, yeah. where they're communing with God, where they're praying, seeking God's guidance on the things in life and seeking the direction of the holy spirit which is what scripture says right christianity real christianity is absolutely then it would make total sense that so many that millions of americans would say and a large percentage of those are strong christians who are walking with the lord saying i sought the lord on this i Amen. feel convicted by the holy spirit they need to right. have uh their rights respected and protected and that is what i believe title seven is is there for is to protect the sincerely held religious beliefs of those kind of workers
1: and, and being someone as you mentioned earlier working with churches and people and 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 even as we as pgi from this standpoint and I know Brad, you appreciate even within our Christian faith there is a variety of perspective we have different denominations and there's different we most of us hold to those core values of scripture and and, and the Trinity but within how does that play out in our life as you mentioned as the Holy Spirit convicts us, there are some differences because some people go, Well, I'm a Christian and I feel it was okay to get the vaccine. Great we, for you. And you made that decision and you prayed about it and you felt medically. Hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, prayed about it. Hopefully, and, but then there's plenty, and there's plenty of examples in scriptures where there's people that have very, you know, there's those that didn't want to eat food sacrificed before idols, and scripture says that we should respect that and we should right. honor that, right? And and there's different there's different elements of that in our faith, and there's those that have said after, as you said, I've prayed and felt convicted. This isn't something that I want to do.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really glad you mentioned that because in the early church there was there was some some issues. Yeah. Uh, also, you know. Wh- do, do we meet on this day or this or yes. the other day? You know, Saturday or Sunday? Right. Do we do right. this or do that? You know, and the, the apostle Paul was you know was very clear of it, you know, don't let these things be divisive. Yeah. And respect one another. Don't yes. cause each other to stumble. Don't condemn another person because they say they they you know to them that they feel convicted not right. to eat pork. That's uh right. you know, they need to be accommodating and not so that the their brother and sister in Christ does not stumble. And those Christians who have you know who think ah I, I got the vaccine there's no big deal this is no big deal yeah. uh, it really breaks my heart when i see them be cold-hearted and callous towards other believers who really yes. feel convicted and for those people who feel convicted against taking the vaccine and they get the vaccine to them it's a sin yes. for them it's a sin because they did something that violated their conscience yes. and what they thought god wanted to do because god looks at our hearts so i think that's really important well this this worker here and at the Hudson Valley Hospital in New York. Yeah. Uh, what I think is really significant about her case is you know, she had sincere religious convictions. She yeah. filed for religious objection, which yeah. I think is very important. Uh, and uh, she was also working remotely from home mm-hmm. due to a, a disability. Yeah. Uh, she was doing a fine job from home. She wasn't interacting with any other workers. She wasn't interacting you know, face-to-face with any employees or, yeah. or customers. She was working from home. There's no reason she should have to be vaccinated. Yeah, I mean this, uh, you know, and these and these hospitals are short on employees. Everyone's short on employees. That's right, because all the Americans don't want to work now. Yeah, I, I, this makes absolutely no sense except bigotry, intolerance towards people of faith, and dogmatic HR people mm-hmm. uh, who who will say, you know, who says, you know, who's, you know, look, we don't, we're not gonna, I don't, I don't, I think you're wrong, right, and because of my personal feelings. I'm going to dominate and I'm going to oppress people who see things differently. I see that in HRs, yeah. uh, and I know of one in particular case where she was just, you know, I you know, it's my, I have the power and I'm dictating this, and uh, and yeah. I'm going to show insensitivity towards uh, towards Christians and, and people of faith. Uh, that's not what Title VII allows, and that's why we're taking on this case. Yeah, and I think she's got a great, I think she's got a great lawsuit, and I think you know, our attorney April there. Uh, April's going to do a, just a fantastic job. Very sharp attorney.
1: And, and Brad, I got to ask because this is the kind of thing that comes up. Why is it important for PGI to defend these areas of like Title VII? Now it's not that big deal, uh, Brad. Why, why? Why would we get involved in something like this?
0: And it's it's a, it's a good point um, because religious freedom. If we don't defend religious freedom for everyone, yeah, John, as you know, we defend religious freedom for no one. Yeah because that's how our system works yes so if these people don't get protected for their religious beliefs under title seven then someone else down the road who is told that they have to work on sunday mornings and can't go to church even though they could be reasonably accommodated right. they lose their jobs or uh people who wear a cross to work yes. lose their jobs uh or uh into other individuals who have uh religious uh, we had a case not too long ago was a yeah a gentleman who worked for Trader Joe's. Yeah. And he wanted to be able to continue teaching Sunday school. And Trader mm-hmm. Joe says, "No. If you want to work here, you cannot teach Sunday school at your church. Right. We'll let you go to church. <coughs> but it's too yeah. dangerous for you to teach Sunday school cuz all yeah. those kids you're going to be exposed to." Really? Did they have a, that requirement about them not going to a movie theater or right. going to other activities? Yeah. So you know, we we went to bad form and we prevailed. That's right. Uh, Unfortunately, we have another lawsuit against Trader Joe's for uh, being unreasonable with regards to a, a manager who was had his filed for religious accommodations. They mm-hmm. said, fine, we respect your sincerely religious beliefs. Yeah. We'll reasonably accommodate you. No sooner did they do that than Trader Joe's decided to uh, have a, a required manager's meeting. Everyone this time had to be in person. Before that, they were meeting being via Zoom. Right. No problem. Right. So they said in person. And he said, well, okay, I'll be in person. I said, no, no, you have to be vaxxed in order to come to this meeting. He said, well, look, I, I, it violates my faith. I, I have a, a religious exemption. that's already been granted. So right. uh, I'll appear via zoom. They said, no, no, you have to be in person. he said, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sit in the back of the room away from everyone. I'll wear a mask. I yeah. mean, all the CDC requirements. No, you must be vaxed. vaxxed. You must be in person. You know, she it was just really dogmatic about this, this HR right. person. It's another HR I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, and there was no choice. We had to sue. And right. so we're suing Trader Joe's uh, because of this kind of intolerance. We have to go to bat for religious freedom for everyone, or we have religious freedom for no one,
1: clearly. And, and as you mentioned, Title Seven is there for a reason. It's important. Yeah. We have to we have to stand up and defend it. Like and and it impacts not just not just Christians. It's there to defend people with faith. But in these particular cases, those Christians with deeply held religious beliefs. We've even seen. Um, I saw a police commissioner issue a report and said that he doubted the validity of some of their officers' uh, Christian objections to getting the vaccine. So there's affronts to this across the nation.
0: Yeah, and there's some who just are just like in the military we, we talked about yeah. recently, where they're just rejecting everyone. Yeah. And this is the Biden administration's ordering through the through the uh, appointed, uh, Biden-appointed uh, Secretary of Defense, yeah. uh, Austin, uh, mandating pretty much that all people in the military uh, be, be rejected, their religious exemption requests, just carte blanche, reject, reject, reject. Right. And that even goes against their own guidelines, which requires them to seriously consider the sincerity. How do we accommodate? But there's so much anti-Christian bigotry by the Biden administration and by the Secretary of Defense, Austin. Hmm. Uh, It is so blatant. It is so obvious. The purging that they want to do to to thousands of Christians working for the military because of their faith. They're, They're not being reasonable in any way, shape or form. Uh, The good news is we have our our office in Philadelphia. Uh, The attorney, who, uh, Karen White, who heads up that office for Pacific Justice Institute, she has a specialty in military law. Uh, We're defending countless numbers of people in the military uh, to go against this uh, Biden administration. I understand that they actually uh, challenged, they had a loss uh, recently with regards to vaccine mandates. Uh, what's going on, and what's, what, what's the Biden administration? Uh, how are they dealing with that lawsuit? So are they repenting and, and saying, "Gosh, we were wrong"? Or yeah, they're
1: they're wiping their hands and saying, "We're done. We don't need to," because we've seen administration do that in the past. No, they've they went and said, despite multiple lawsuits that ruled against them and the the and their bigotry and their bigotry and desire <laughs> to mandate these things, right. they're appealing that decision and asking for the court to reverse decisions and to uh, not only prolong mask requirements but to reinstate their their shortly held vaccine mandate across the country so this would be federal so it would apply across the country and uh, we know that in certain instances like the mask mandates like travel public things are still in place at the at the moment but they're asking to extend those yeah and and I want to remind people out
0: there that uh this is this show is is being aired it's 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 we're in april okay Uh, 2022, not 2021, not 2000. Yeah, 2022. So the reason I point that out is uh, the pandemic is already in the rearview mirror. Right. Uh, There aren't people, uh, many people at all, in the hospital. Uh, The Omicron has a 91 percent lower fatality rate than the Delta. The Delta was a lower fatality rate than the Alpha. Yeah. And now the, the latest one, the B, the Omicron B, that's come out. That is even less dangerous, lower fatality rate than the original Omicron. So this makes no sense. That's right. Private sector, the private sector is getting back to work. United Airlines saying, hey, employees, if you're not vaccinated, no problem. Come on back to work. Mayo Clinic, one of the most prestigious recognized hospitals in the the United States. They, 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 They put 700 on unpaid leave. They said, go ahead, come on back you don't have to be vaccinated. So we have the private sector, uh, I think JP Morgan, they're all moving back saying, okay, we're done with this. It's in the rearview mirror. And then we've got this guy in the White House, maybe maybe he doesn't, maybe Biden doesn't even really know what he's doing. I say the the people in the White House, the people who are controlling him and telling him what to sign and what to say, Uh, they have the audacity uh, to uh, not only implement these policies, but actually fight in the court Judicial determination that what they're doing doesn't make sense and is not justified. Yeah,
1: after they've this already is, been ruled against, yeah, to still a- continue to to push an agenda that the rest of America doesn't want.
0: Yeah, and uh, and that the judges say you're not va- you, have, you don't you don't have a valid reason right to continue. You don't have the legal authority but, to. in the legal to do authority it. to do it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I I think this is going to be a, it's another motivating factor uh, when it comes to uh, this midterm election. I personally believe many Americans feel like people in power have abused their power tyrannically right and they're saying good night this is not communist china this isn't putin's russia right this is the united states why do we have them still controlling our lives right and uh, even people originally were like okay we'll do shutdowns we don't know what this is you know even then the average mainline american is saying this is ridiculous and i think we're going to see that reflected Uh, in the midterm election. I think we're also going to see a lot of parents who feel like their rights have been completely crushed on radicals from the left who now dominate one of the parties in the United States. Uh, It's real obvious. And I think we're going to see parents from both Democrats and Republicans uh, parties, uh, both of them flocking to the polls this uh, upcoming midterm election.
1: And I think we just need to remind people that there is um, this push and pull because even we go from the federal level to state levels where we've seen certain states doubling down also and certain states standing up for parental rights and the rights of the unborn and those kind of things.
0: Yeah, and that's why these offices are so important that we have all across the country. That's right. Because we're not only dealing with things on a federal level, we have the ground game positioned by God's grace and sovereignty over just the last few years that we now have the forces to take these on on a state level and on a school board level uh, with this uh, this ground game with all these offices. So I think um, I, I, I see some great things coming down. Now, yeah. speak, speaking on a state level, yeah. uh, let's take a look at what the Arizona governor recently signed into law. Uh, I think this is very encouraging. What did he just sign into law that has many uh, people throughout Arizona uh, very, very pleased?
1: That's right. And, and you know, the, the Arizona governor, Ducey, had stood up for parental rights and the lives of kids. And that's something that I know, Brad, that you've stand up for and, and have done a lot of work in. And he has said that the state cannot discriminate against faith-based adoption agencies in their areas of, of those beliefs where, like say for example, putting kids in same-sex homes. If a, if a faith-based adoption organization it chooses not to do that because it's, it violates their faith, then in some organizations that we've seen that in the past and, and PJ stood up where some state ag- agencies have denied their ability to do that. He's he wrote a bill banning that discrimination.
0: You know, I, I think that there are, uh, you know, private agencies should be able to do yeah. what they wish in a reasonable manner uh, to uh, accommodate a Christian adoption agency. Right. And and not force them to have to put a child with. Uh, a same sex couple or two transgenders Mm -hmm. that uh, they would feel strongly violates what the teachings of Christianity is from the old Testament and the new Testament. That's right. Clear as, clear as, as as can be. I think that's very reasonable. They should, they should accommodate institutions of faith. There was a major uh, Supreme court decision dealing with this coming out of of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, It was a great decision where the court upheld the ability for faith based adoption agencies to not have to compromise their faith, I think uh, we're going to see other states adopt similar provisions. Many people working for these social service agencies, though, like child protective services right. or you know similar organizations, uh, you know they're zealots. Yes, they want to shut down Christians, prevent Christians oftentimes from being foster parents, yeah. prevent them from adopting because they want these kids. Many of oftentimes and I've seen this my, myself in juvenile court. Uh, mm-hmm. Where they want, they go out of their way to have these kids put yeah. into same sex couples or transgender couples. And faith aside, the studies show there was a great study out of the University of Texas a psychology department, very well documented, peer reviewed study. That's right. And it showed that children that are placed in these homes um, are more likely to, uh, they're more likely to actually adopt those sexual lifestyles, right. have those uh, sexual uh, identity issues, uh, more likely to have, engage in, in sex at a younger age, right. uh, to ab- abort, more likely to engage in drug abuse, alcohol abuse, right. more likely to drop out of school, more likely to have depression and suicide. Right. Uh, just a few minors. Just a few minors, yeah. So we have clear <laughs> policy reasons why this doesn't make sense. Right. All this governor is saying is don't force private Christian or religious adoption or foster care service agencies to compromise their faith hats off to this governor
1: that's right and, and one of the, the next level in that bill it's not just that the organizations can place them with um, christian homes but in the bill it says that they have the ability to raise a child in a manner consistent with that person's religious belief and exercise of religion which is extremely important because i know brad you've had to step in in situations where CPS has said, no Christian family, uh, this little Susie wants to be little Bobby now. And and because you don't agree with that, we want to remove this child. Yeah. In
0: fact, we've dealt with cases where it's, it's not even dealing with an adoption. Yeah. That's where it was a pastor and his wife, one in case in particular comes to my mind, pastor and his wife, they had a 13-year-old uh, child. This child said that, told her, her teacher, or some friends that she thinks she's the, you know, feels like the other gender yeah. at 13. I mean, this is a lot, there's a lot of confusion going on at 13. Right. Um, and, uh, and statistically, if just left alone, most kids will work through it. Right. The overall majority. Anyway, so she talked to her friends, <laughs> friends told her teacher, teacher told school counselor, school counselor told the social worker, social worker talked to her, and then was going to talk to the pastor and his wife. And the pastor called me, fortunately, the day before the social worker was going to arrive. Yeah. So, you know, someone from our church said, I should probably talk to you first. I said, well, great. What are you going to tell the social worker when she yeah. comes to your your, your house tomorrow? He said, oh, we're going to explain that we're Christians and we have a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview, and we're going to get Christian counseling to, to help her work through this and get rid of this gender identity is for her, this mental condition. Yeah. It's an it's and that's it's recognized as a mental condition, not technically a mental illness anymore yeah. uh, because the liberals took it, took that language out. But it's still a mental condition. Right. And I told her, I, I told him, I said, well, tomorrow, if you say that, you're going to lose your daughter. Mm. They're going to take your daughter. Yeah. And here's what you're going to say. You're going to thank the social worker for being so tolerant to the diversity of different children with special needs like your daughter. Yeah. And, and how you salute the work of the social worker and et cetera, et cetera. And he said, well, that's not what we believe. And I said, I know that. But if you don't say that, you're going to lose your daughter tomorrow. Yeah. Because that's how it is in states like California and Illinois and Washington and Oregon and uh, New York and other other blue dominant states. And right. even in red states, uh, you've got you know, cities where like in Houston and Dallas, where these social workers are zealot advocates to take children and right. screw up their lives because of their dogmatism for their own agenda. Right.
1: And, and I'm glad you said that, Brad, because there is an agenda. There is a definite agenda. We've seen it. It's not one-offs. We've seen it enough times. has had to step in multiple times in front of these, and so we need legislators to to take these kind of actions.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a reason people are leaving states like California right. and uh, in New York and moving to states like Texas and Florida and Tennessee and and others. Um, right. it's, it's it's because it's, it's, a, it's a you know some it's ta- say it's taxes. Some say it's you know over control with mandates. Uh, Some say it's the public schools pushing out, you know, issues. Uh, But this is just another factor, and that is social workers on the government actually taking children wrongfully on a massive scale. Mm -hmm. One thing I'd like to to do right now is just encourage people out there who are watching this show. uh, I don't want you getting, you know, riled by this, anxious by this. I don't want you losing sleep about this. But there is something that you do need to do, and that is you need to equip yourself to protect your children or your grandchildren and here's how you do it go to our website pji.org and there on our website among our resources is something for parents like for parents rights issues <laughs> click the, the box says parents and Under resources we have uh, a document an article it's called 12 steps to protect your children from cps or social workers they're called different names in different states yeah. in california it's called child protective services 12 steps to protect your children from CPS. So look for 12 steps. Uh, download that, print it, and have it posted on the refrigerator or easily accessible because it will tell parents exactly what they need to do when a social worker knocks on their door or suddenly calls them and wants to come to their house and investigate. Um, there's often a very short time frame, a very short window of opportunity, and parents need to know what to do. Uh, they often call our office. They'll often, so oftentimes talk to me. Uh, but what, you know, if they can't get a hold of me, they can't get a hold of our office uh, for whatever reason, they need to have this on hand and be familiar with it. It's not that long. What we prescribe uh, works practically every single time in protecting a child from being wrongfully taken.
1: and it's so important to keep these families whole and together. Order your tickets
0: now for Pacific Justice Institute's 25th anniversary Celebration of Justice Dinner at the historic San Juan Capistrano Mission on Saturday, October 22nd. Join Mike Huckabee and Charlie Kirk at The Mission, an historic landmark and museum and the birthplace of Orange County. Secure your seats and get all the details today at pji.org. Seats sell out fast, so act now and remember the website pji.org So folks, just remember it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about now let's choose to keep them I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute let's continue the fight for your freedoms Thank you for listening in today To find out more about the Pacific Justice Institute or the Dacus Report call 916-857-6900
1: or log on to pacificjustice.org